genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King one minute at a time. I don't have a good joke. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us for the final time this week, we have uh, Mary Clay Watt from That's What I'm Talking About. Hello. Hello. Thank um, you for having me on this pa- these past couple episodes. It's been really yeah. fun to, to talk with y'all and... Uh, but it's also just like really, I think it's just like really weird how the timing worked out for, yeah, that, like this is the end of Return of the King, and it also happened to be minutes from minutes that are not from the extended edition that I haven't seen yet. So like mm-hmm. that worked out and 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 we had a lot to say about everything so it's been very fun (laughs) i have to remember to ask you because we always ask our first time guests like their background with this story so like this this might be a long episode but whatever it's friday so um (laughs) today we're talking about minute 225 which starts with aragorn um continuing his speech and says let us together rebuild this world that we may share in the days of peace and it ends with Aragorn looking at Legolas. They should totally kiss, but that's just me. Almost uh, kissing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Very straight. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about this minute. I feel like there's a lot. Uh, I don't, I don't know where to I don't start. Know if there's really a lot. <laughs> So I'm just uh, There's the song which I I found the lyrics for. Yes, okay. So okay, Aragorn good. Everyone sings. He sings in Elvish mm-hmm. and he sings two sentences in Elvish. Mm-hmm. Uh and they are out of the great sea to middle earth I am come. In this place I will abide and my heirs unto the ending of the world. That's... Oh. I'm dumb. Because I literally have the, I opened this section of the book to, because I wanted to um, see how the crown is described in the book, listeners, it it would not have been better if they <laughs> did it exactly like in the, because it's described as having, it's shaped like the helms of the guard of the citadel. It was all white. The wings at either side were wrought with pearl and silver in the likeness of the wings of seabirds. Um, seven gems of adamant were set in the circlet, and upon its summit was set a single jewel, in the light of which went up like a flame. So it would have been terrible. It would have regardless. been really intense. It would have been silver and pearl and gems. And the wings, apparently, the likeness of the wings of a seabird. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, and then literally, so so watching this minute, I was very like caught off guard by him randomly singing because I was like, that literally doesn't happen in the book. There's no song break, which is weird for, for the book. Right? <laughs> um, and he also, because he also doesn't give a speech in the book. He, um, let's see, Gandalf gives the whole, oh, that's a, that's another thing that is so strange to me is that there is not a single, like, now comes the day of Aragorn, son of Arathorn. What, what's the whole thing? Let's see. Where is it? Yeah. Uh, Duna, Dane of Ar, of Arnor. Captain of the host of the West, bearer of the star of the North, wielder of the sword reforged, victorious. Like there's a whole thing. There's not a single bit bit of that in the, in Mm -hmm. the movie. No (laughs) Aragorn, son of Arathorn, LSR, Strider, whatever. Um, And anyway, so yeah, he doesn't give a speech in the book and he doesn't sing. So I was very caught off guard by the elvish singing. But no, he it literally says, then Aragorn took the crown and held it up and said, and then elvish line. And then it says, uh, 
the it gives the like English translation, which is exactly what Norman read. So I'm just and I literally highlighted that in my book. I highlighted that part and I was like, that's weird. He doesn't do that in the book. That's just so random. Like, why would he just randomly sing in Elvish? So I get I mean, I guess he doesn't you know, he doesn't sing it in the book. But like, it's just very I guess it's very odd when you're watching it in the movie because there's only one other instance of a character singing. Yeah. And, and it is it's Aragorn. just not common. Yeah. yeah, it's Aragorn. Who I don't think well, he sings at all in the books. Times. Oh, that's true. But they sing bar songs. Oh, I think yeah. they, yeah, they sing like a bar song. And then Pippin sings the sad song for Denethor while he's yeah. aggressively eating food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who like... I joked, I was like, I mean, but in that moment, I am Denethor. Like, as everyone else is on the battlefield, I'm stuffing food into my face. <laughs> you know? Like, I, he is me. So, like, um, like, four instances of, of people's Five songs? in the extended. Five in the extended. Pippin and Mary oh, okay, sing maybe twice just... bar songs. Pippin sings once by himself. Yes. Aragorn sings twice. Yes, okay. Okay, maybe the yeah, maybe it's just most of the singing is then in the extended editions. Um, but yeah, it's just so funny because they like literally you flip a page in the book and there's a song. Like that's right? how often they sing. And then there's no someone posted in the Talking About Facebook group a meme from the movie Elf where it's like, there's no singing at the North Pole. And Buddy goes, yes, there is. And it's the back and forth of like, no, there's no singing. Yes, there is. And it's like mo- movie Lord of the Rings, book Lord of the Rings, movie Lord of the Rings. That's book so Lord funny. Of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. And it's so accurate. But yeah. So is this him like summoning the elves? It's just so <laughs> I, it's weird. It's weird to me. I don't I don't know why. I assume this has to be some piece of some greater thing from Numenor. Yeah. Because it, it sounds Numenorean. Out of the sea. The Numenorians crossed the sea right, to, right. to found Gondor. His line is back to the Numenorean kings. So right. this this makes sense to me in that context. It's just very, it's a very odd thing to just suddenly start singing. Mm-hmm. I, uh... And it gets like very quiet when he starts singing. Yeah. Almost I... as, as if everyone else in the crowd is like, oh, oh. what? Oh, why is oh, he singing? Singer, right? <laughs> okay, so our warrior. Sorry, I'm just king. playing. I'm playing the scene back, and <laughs> when the petals start falling, Gimli looks up at them <laughs> with the most amazement in his eyes. Right, he's so enchanted. <laughs> it's um, it's that what was it, the the gif from I think like the DNC in like 2016 or 2012 or something of like Hillary Clinton looking at the confetti cannons or something (laughs) (laughs) or balloons like that's kind of what it's reminiscent of that's really funny yeah oh (laughs) the yeah where are all these petals coming from I don't know that's what I was wondering but they can't all be coming from the tree they're coming from above the trees yeah Yeah, they clearly sent someone up. I went back to look in the previous minute because I was like, is there even like a building nearby or a tower that someone, because they're on the topmost level of Minas Tirith. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, did they send someone on top of the mountain <laughs> above them? To- it's the eagles. Where is this coming from? The no, they're, oh, yes. The eagles are the flower children of. <laughs> they have a basket and one one talon and they're spreading oh, petals with the other. Oh, exactly no but there is um there is like a taller tower over that overlooks everything yeah so they i think they sent someone up there to (laughs) throw all of the flowers so can you imagine you're like a decorated guard in the royal house of ministerial your job job today throw flowers today yeah Up there on the, the very top of the spire of Ecthelion. Right. You're like these. all up in yeah. your ceremonial regalia and you're just like, okay, pedal time. Like, right. <laughs> But like, it's also, it's clearly not one person just like throwing them like it's a flower girl at a wedding. Mm-hmm. It's like they dumped bucket after bucket of flower petals. Where did they get all yeah. these flower petals? 
maybe it's a spell that Gandalf cast. I don't know. Oh, maybe. It's falling, falling. You know flowers. what? Let's let's go with that. I like that theory more because um, in my discussion of the books, there was one chapter in particular where we were talking about like Gandalf's magic and like what exactly does he do? And we came to the conclusion that the his magic is only good for he uh, blessed the beer in Bree at the mm-hmm. Prancing Pony. And the beer there is always delicious. And when they are leaving Bill the Pony outside of Moria, he blesses Bill. And that's why he I think he tells him to, like, go in peace or something. And that's how Bill survived to make it back to (laughs) Bree. And that's what his magic is good for, is blessing beer and Bill the Pony. And now, in addition to that, it's um, flower flower petals. petals. And scaring the lesser Nazgul. Get out of here. That's true. (laughs) Leave me alone. Well, you know, that's where his priorities are. Like right. beer, ponies, flower petals. Right. He's so extra. Hope. That's his, yeah, 100%. His priorities are in the right, in the right order, I would that's say. That's why he hangs out with hobbits. His magic is for beer and fireworks. Yeah, He's that's just like, why. Hell he, yeah. That's why he hangs out with hobbits. Just aggressively American Gandalf. Just beer and fireworks. <laughs> so We've got all funny. these flowers falling and we see... We see Eowyn and Faramir together. I yeah. like Eowyn's little circlet. In the commentary, Miranda Otto is just, I wish I could have kept this dress. I put it on to not even see the whole thing in the movie. I oh my to- gosh, yeah, you don't even see it. You it's see, so like, pretty. the little bit of her neckline. She's like, um, so yeah. I love this cloak that yeah. Faramir has on, the mm-hmm. blue cloak with mm-hmm. the silver flower uh, embroidery around the edges. He also yeah, has a, a more talk- detailed breastplate on than his previous one, I think. Yes. Because he's... Oh, wait, no, that's Aomer, who we see later. Who yeah. <laughs> oh Aomer steps out looking so confused. Dude, I am. That's just Carl Urban's face. He's I am always just a so, little severe. I am so into, like, King Aomer. Why doesn't it's, he have circles? Oh, it's not even funny. Why doesn't he have, like, a circle or loved, something on? He's now the king yeah, of Rohan. Yeah, he is the king. So yeah, so I love I loved Aomer in the books. I love Aomer in the in the movies. I think only because I loved him in the books. But yeah, he steps out and yeah, why does Eowyn this is yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's digest this. What these okay. like three right. second glimpses of these characters. So yeah, first Faramir doesn't have any kind of a circlet on. Or anything, I guess his cloak is fancy enough that would well, signify Denethor that he's didn't wear any some kind of kind circlet of... or crown or symbol of yeah, office. Yeah, I guess either. that's true, yeah. But then it's like, okay, so why is Eowyn wearing one? That's kind of, like, why would Eowyn? Because also, the thing is, is that you don't know, if you're just watching this, you have no idea that, I guess, they're technically together now. Yes. Yeah. You know? Like, I... I want to talk to someone who has not read the books at all and see if they could have guessed from this three seconds of showing Faramir and Eowyn standing together, if they would have assumed that, oh, I guess they're married now. (laughs) Or actually, I don't think they're married now in the books either. But I will say that in the extendants, you get a little tiny bit more of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, but it's I'm not, assuming it's-, it's just as terrible as it is in the books. Of- <laughs> Of Faramir and Eowyn just like I want to support them as a power couple and I also obviously it's it's hard for me because I love Faramir I love Eowyn you would think oh I love them together it's the way that they get together in the books that I absolutely despise oh interesting Um, yeah I it it makes me angry because they make they give Eowyn this really great moment on the battlefield Mm -hmm. and she kills the witch king and she is a badass and 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 then you cut back to her and she's depressed about being alive which i mean we can all relate to these (laughs) days (laughs) but (laughs) she's depressed they make her character extremely depressed because she thought she was gonna die and she didn't and now she is living and it's very reminiscent to like what 
suicide survi- survivors are like, mm-hmm. where they they are more depressed afterwards because they were ready to not be in this world anymore, and suddenly she still is. And then Faramir comes in, and apparently he heals her. And there's a literal line where like he they like talk for they talk for a couple days and they walk together and. <laughs> He gives her his mother's cloak and is like, you remind me of her. And I'm like, you remind me of of your dead mother? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, uh, questionable. Uh, I don't think that's something that like you should say to someone you're trying to get with. Um, and the entire time, Faramir is like, I would love to talk to you. And Eowyn's like, mm, well, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Um. And then eventually they have a moment where he like kisses her on the forehead. And then like that also happened to be like the exact moment that the ring is destroyed. And so there's like a whole light that's spread about the world like as soon as they kiss. And then she is like, I shall be a shield maiden no more. And I will live as a as a house maiden or whatever. Yeah. And and then they kiss again. And Faramir goes like, behold, the Lady Eowyn is healed. And I hate it. I hate it so much. <clears throat> so, okay. So that's the books. <laughs> can we tell in this shot that that's happened? <laughs> can you, can you get that context? Right. <laughs> um. No. Okay. Yeah. So, th- so they pass by and Eowyn is a hundred percent still in love with Aragorn at this moment. Look at the <laughs> eyes she is giving him. Right. Because like it definitely looks like fair like she is making direct eye contact with Aragorn. Faramir, I think, is just looking like at the whole scene in front of him, glancing around what Eowyn stares at Aragorn the entire time, basically. <laughs> And she has this smart. She is still in love with him. Okay, great. So then, then Aomer jumps out, and and Aomer looks confused. <laughs> he has this like furrowed eyebrow look that he's like, "What are you doing here?" And for a second before he bow, like as he bows, he looks so confused still. And and like before he bowed, I thought he was gonna like throw hands or something yeah. at Aragorn. Like No, he just starts fighting the Faramir. Yeah, <laughs> like I was like, what is going on? Get away from my sister. Um <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay, yeah. So now let's jump back to Fair f- talking about Faramir's character and how they completely destroyed <laughs> him in the movies. Where they're like <laughs> This is this is very cathartic for me because I haven't gotten a chance yet to record my episodes for uh-huh. for Two Towers or anything yet. So this is like the first oh recording God. I'm getting for the movies. But they they were literally like, you know what? So in the books, Faramir shows up and he's very nice and helpful for the hobbits and he gives them a little bit of advice. He learns the news of his brother, but he also says he's like, "You know what? That's okay. I understand what ha- I understand what happened. It wasn't your fault. It also wasn't Boromir's fault. Things like that happen sometimes. Here's some food and wine and you shall be on your way." Mm-hmm. And you, they're like, "You know what? I don't like that. Let's repeat Boromir's plot line. <laughs> Let's have his brother show up and want to use the ring for good. Let's repeat it. Despite the fact that we have already showed that wanting to use the ring for even for good has some kind of consequences. And in that case, the consequences was you dead. (laughs) You are shot by orcs multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and the, the thing is, is that, by going down that path, they add like an additional like probably 20 minutes to the films. Because oh, if they had just had like a that brief interaction that you have in Two Towers, we were like, oh my God, it's fair. It's Boromir's brother. How weird it is that we run into you. He's actually pretty nice and chill. Okay, that was nice. Bye. And then you're like, oh, I wonder if we'll ever see him again. And then he shows up again in Return of the King. And you're like, oh, that's great. Awesome. We're already familiar with this dude. And now we can see him interacting with the others. But instead, there's like 20 minutes where Frodo and Sam are like being held captive by Faramir. And, and, 
if they had just let them go, then we could have done all of the like, sh- like the Shelob's lair stuff happens in two towers mm-hmm. and Frodo being taken by the orcs happens in two towers. We could have mo- these movies like when people are like, how is Lord of the Rings so long? It's moments like this where I'm like, because they unnecessarily changed things from the books. Like I get I, I get. I get why you cut Tom Bombadil, okay? I get why you don't have as much singing. I get, I understand these choices. But when you make changes that add things to an already long and dense text, that's why Lord of the Rings is 11 plus hours of film. The end. Okay. Okay, I and I got all of that from. Let's see, what is it? <laughs> like two seconds of. Let's see, three set. Let's see, they show up at forty one, forty two, forty three, forty four, forty five. Okay, so about five seconds. Okay, that's okay. fair. All right. I'm gonna, you don't I'm also. Gonna... You don't have to comment on everything I just said. <laughs> that would be so. I just, Unless you want to. The the thing that I think is important when it comes to Faramir from a from a book to movie adaptation and the, this character and the events that happen in the book is if you do that in the movie, there is no threat to Frodo and Sam for 90% of Two Towers. Yeah, there's no and threat. that's terrible from a movie perspective. Okay, but it's Gollum. Gollum is the threat. And then if you kept, if you kept Shelob... If you kept Shelob in Two Towers movie, that's the threat. And then they get to Mordor. But then what do like, they do in Two Towers? That's the threat. What do they do in the movie? They don't do anything in Two Towers if you cut Faramir out. They do. I know. They there's don't. There's only like 15 minutes of stuff for them to do. Yeah, yeah. Which is awful for your main character. Uh... <laughs> so my thing about um, movie Faramir, we have said, we've talked about this movie oh, Faramir yes. so many times. We have. But like, if you're going to, if you're going to change the thing, like commit to it, you know? Yes. There's back and forth. Yeah. And that's my thing about it's not consistent. And that's what bothers mm-hmm. me yeah. about it. I agree. I think the, yeah. I think the grumpy Faramir is completely an act. It's 100% an act. Yeah. but like It's not who he is. But we, but, but. That's because, him trying to be the person his father wants him to be. It's also that's... so unfair to him because for the majority of Return of the King, he's like dead. <laughs> You know, he's just lying there almost dying for the majority of his of his parts in Return of the King. I think that the like, I feel like the like the, I don't know, grumpy. um, Yeah, grumpy. Grumpy Faramir would have worked better if that was not the first time we were meeting him. Mm. Because like then it's just like, oh. Well, the extended version of the movies, it isn't, right? No. Oh, no, it still is. It, it is. still is. Yeah. The extended version of the movie, though, there's more There's more to his introduction. Right, but I don't think there's enough. I don't think there's enough. But, like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, that. that's our first introduction to him. So, like, that's our first, like, impression of him. Yeah. And it's, it's not, like, um, an Aragorn thing because, like, Aragorn is, like, initially, like, really spooky or, or mysterious or whatever. And then it's just like, oh, this is actually a really good dude. Like, we don't figure out that Faramir is, like, a good person until like Return of the King, really. I, I disagree. In the, in the extended version of the movie, we find out immediately in the flashback, which is not even 10 minutes in the movie. See, but like, I don't even know that, like, well, I don't want to like leave her out of the discussion. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. hasn't seen it yet. But like, um, I don't even know that <laughs> that counts because like, it's just like, oh, this is very explicitly a flashback. Like, what happened to you to turn you into like a douchebag? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I, yeah, having like, having not seen that flashback yet. I I would watch it and be I think I would watch it and be like, oh, so he used to be cool and fun and chill. But right now, like something happened and he obviously h- hates life right now and right. decided, you know, something this isn't it's not something we're like, oh, this is an act. I think that would have been at that point, I would have been like, oh, the reason they showed us that flashback is to show us that he's changed a lot since then. Right. Not necessarily right. to be like, this is an act and he's not normally like this. We yeah. also, I mean, we yeah. get that flashback while he's staring at the broken horn of Gondor I, I mean, in, I think in the extended version I think of the movie. it's just like, it's very muddled. Yeah. Um, and then I like, I like Return of the King Faramir better than Two Towers Faramir. Mm. I think a lot of Return of the King Faramir only works because of the first scene with Two Towers Faramir. I guess. I don't know. It's hard to kind of like untangle it all yeah yeah uh, but there, there is a lack of consistency 
because it seems like just like with Eowyn, especially comparing in the extended stuff. Yes. Which Mary Clay doesn't have a lot of context for. There's a lot of inconsistency in it seems two different story threads for both of them Mm -hmm. in a way. Like they had two different ideas of what they wanted to do. And they kind of just used scenes from both threads to do stuff. Well, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, Eowyn makes sense because that goes back to the original text. Yeah. But like Faramir, it's just like, ooh, you could have done that a little yeah. better. Because <laughs> I, I don't think, because if you did the the totally pure-hearted, friendly Faramir in the movie, I think it it, it robs, up, robs us of some of the depth of uh, David Wenham and John Noble's interactions. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I, I don't. I don't, I don't see I really like it if if Faramir just stays pure hearted the whole time because then when you have scenes with him and Denethor when Denethor is like I wish you had died instead of Boromir it's even more amazing that Faramir didn't turn out to be a douchebag but right yeah it, but like at that point in the movie you're like oh okay that's why he that's why he's a douchebag is because his father wishes death upon him on a daily basis. <laughs> right. Like, oh, that makes sense. But but that's not that's not what happened. I don't know. Cause I think it would make you feel I think it would make you feel really bad for Faramir. And then also it's a to me it really elevates his character because you're like, wow, the fact that he remained nice and kind and like very smart regardless of his upbringing with Denethor Mm -hmm. you know we've seen what we've seen we saw what Boromir turned out to be and that did not end well for him (laughs) and and now we're seeing Faramir and I think it just like really elevates his character but it's also it's also just hard for me because when I was reading the books you have to you have to understand the mindset I was in when Faramir is introduced in the books because I hated Two Towers. I specifically the last half of Two Towers when it's just Frodo, Sam, and Gollum. It's mm-hmm. terrible, and it's because there's no flat. There's no jumping back and forth between the stories. There's no like, oh, this was a terrible chapter about Sam wanting to kill Gollum and Frodo telling him not to. Let's jump back to Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli. Right. No, it just continues that way for another you know a hundred pages. So when Faramir shows up, it's like a welcome break from the (laughs) monotony. And you're like, oh, my God, this is such a relief. Like something is different. Something has changed. And there's new characters. And he's so nice to them. And and then he I was also like so upset when he left because I was like, no, go with them. (laughs) Go with them. Um. But and then so like when he shows up again in in Return of the King, I was so excited because I was like, oh, yes, more Faramir. So so he was a very important character to me from the books. And then to see him totally change to the movies was just heartbreaking. Oh, I I felt that way when I first saw these movies. Yeah. That why did they do this to Faramir? Um, But I I think maybe, you know. I might change my opinion. You know, I've only seen I've only seen Two Towers and Return of the King once each yeah. as we're recording this. So I don't know. Maybe things will change, but I'm just very enthusiastic about Faramir. Yeah. Um <laughs> I I'm also enthusiastic getting us back to this minute because we haven't even talked about the elves yet. Oh <laughs> my god. I, I did want to talk about Amir real quick. Okay. I love his green and gold. Oh yeah, go for it. I think it's interesting that the two characters that seem to be that are now like elevated to to leadership positions, all, all three of them really, because Aragorn is two, they're all wearing cloaks suddenly. Yeah, yeah. Why are they wearing yeah. cloaks? This is the sig- this is it's... the symbol of their office. I guess. Well okay because like Theoden has a cool cloak, right? Theoden's cloak mm-hmm. is magnificent. Denethor has a a fur-lined cloak. Like, he has a badass cloak. Yeah. Aiden's is fur-trimmed. Is it? I believe so. I think Denethor's... And it's green on the outside and red on the inside. It's just so weird how Aomer is not wearing a crown. That is weird. He should be. Maybe Maybe he didn't want to upstage Aragorn. (laughs) Maybe. Actually, I have another thought about that, actually. He He hasn't even been crowned yet. I actually, yes, oh, but I also have another thought about that. that's true. Theoden's last orders to <laughs> the men of Rohan was that if I don't make it, Eowyn is queen. Oh, shoot. So is that why she's Is that what he said? Secret? In the movie. In the, in the movie, like, that's pretty clear that he left orders that if anything happens to him, 
Eowyn is in charge because he assumes oh, that, that, him, that no one's coming back. Yeah. He assumes that him and Amor are both going to die in the Pelnor Fields. Yeah. When they go to God, so meanwhile to the guards are like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's why he looks confused because he's yeah. a little bit salty <laughs> that he's so, not king. They haven't ironed that out yet, <laughs> right? They had in last orders where if if, if I'm when I'm gone, Aowen is queen, and the guards and are just like so dense <laughs> that they're like that. Like when they're explaining the situation, they're like, "Yeah, but he only said that because he thought Aomer was going to die too." But right. I'm alive. But you know, he's alive. We're both alive, so he can just be king. Like that's how it should go. No, they're like, "I don't know." He was pretty clear. <laughs> he was pretty clear about his intentions, man. So it's not until Eowyn and Faramir are married, and Eowyn decides that she's going to stay in Gondor. Seed her. <laughs> she's going to cede her her claim to Eomer. Because yeah. it's probably a discussion between Faramir and Eowyn about, like, are you going to come that. be the, the the king of Rohan with me? Am I going to stay here and be the stewardess of Gondor with you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because in the books, she has a whole, they have a whole conversation where she's like, I no longer wish to be queen, aka I no longer wish to be married to Aragorn and become queen that way, which... I still think you should I was at the time I was like I think that's a dumb thing to say I think you should still you can still have goals you can still wish to be queen <laughs> of you know whatever country you want to be you don't have to be married to Aragorn just to do that but all mm-hmm. right um I mean but you know granted from from the looks that she give the eyes that she gives him I still don't think she's over that <laughs> I mean you just don't get over Aragorn right you don't <laughs> anyway um what were you talking about oh yeah yeah so in the book she says that she doesn't want to be queen anymore so it would make sense that she's like no i'm not going to be queen of of rohan Amor, that's your thing i'll go do stuff with faramir where are they in gondor yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll go do steward stuff <laughs> i don't know yeah <laughs> Have we ever talked about the fact that the Rohan helmets have like eyebrows? Because that's cool. Do yeah. they? Yeah. Just yeah, there's just these little like stylized little noses and eyebrows. It's just the way that the masks are put on the helmets. Oh yeah. yeah. Gambling is not here. Gambling died. No, gambling lives. Gambling's not here. I'm gonna die on this hill. Gambling lives. <sighs> we don't see him die. He's too important to I know, let him but die. He's nameless. not here. Why wouldn't he be here? He's a named character. He's he has taking care of the horse. He's taking care of Aramur's horse. That's that's nonsense. If you don't see a named er- character die, assume they live. This is gambling erasure. It is gambling erasure. <laughs> we stand gambling on this podcast. We really do. Poor guy. Am I a good king gambling? Right. Dude, what? I, I just got this job. Right? I'm brand new, sire. <laughs> I also like that the, the crests of the Rohirrim helmets here have little horse heads yeah which i don't think is apparent in any other scene with no, them pretty I much think these are like these they're they're so- dress oh helmets. yeah i like it they, they all do. have little names that's so on brand <laughs> no one of these guys should be carrying a like, helmet for real the horses on their helmets have like act it's like actual i don't think it's actual hair but like they have yeah, manes it's like, it's like and tails hair. coming off of them. Yeah. Knowing the production like, of this movie, I bet they sourced actual horsehair to put on the helmet. Yeah, horsehair. That's awesome. Man, that's extra. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. There's no I'm... way that's good for battle. That has With to be so cumbersome to yeah. be aware. Yeah. <laughs> the Swan Knight guys that are guards of the, the tree... They have like ninja masks on. <laughs> They're just totally covered except for their eyes. Do we want to talk yeah. about the elves briefly? This elven yeah. population. Yeah. These are the Merkwood so elves. Who are all these people? They they walk in and they are all walking like they have the exact same gait to their walk. Like they're mm-hmm. walking in sync with each other, and it's a little bit cultish. It's like very Stepford Wives. And that's the elves. That yeah. just, some, something about them is off and out of step with our world. They're graceful. Yes. Yeah. And then Legolas is the only one wearing a cool circlet. At because least I can't. I, I think. Yeah, he's a prince. Oh, is he's royalty. he? Yeah. yeah. I don't His think father I is the king of Merkwood. Gimli calls him an elvish princeling. <laughs> 
when they first meet the Council of Elrond. Little the prince boy. Elvish princeling. His father is Thranduil, the king of Mirkwood. Mm -hmm. He is of a different kind of elf from uh, Elrond and Galadriel. Right, yeah, yeah. And then they, they go towards each other. And then I think, like, in the... I think it cuts off right as... I think, like, the next thing they do that, obviously, y'all will talk about in the next set of minutes. I think they, like, go for a, a arm hug or something. Yeah. I can't remember I think they what they put they their do, hands on each other's shoulders. The little, the, yeah, yeah, they do something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, so... like... Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I just love the the look they give each other. Like, they're both just, like... They're clearly, like, so proud to see each other, but they're also very much, like, relieved to see each other, like, old friends, because mm -hmm. it's probably, you know, uh, Legolas maybe, like, went home for a bit, and maybe they haven't seen each other in a while, and, like, mm -hmm. when you go running through the the empty fields of of Rohan chasing after some hobbits and orcs, that's, that's not something you forget about. Right. <laughs> so I think, too, that Legolas is probably... Uh, Aragorn's second oldest friend behind Gandalf. I think he's known Legolas about as long. Yeah, because they um they're like hunting Gollum together, right? In the I don't know if Legolas is with Aragorn when he's hunting Gollum. Is that really? No, that's no. It sounds that sounds familiar. I, I can't was. remember. Yeah, I'm not sure without looking. That's that's all detailed in the Council of Elrond chapter, yeah. which is yeah. like 35 pages. <laughs> And it has it has to establish a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, no, don't they hunt yeah. together in that like 15, 17, 17 years, years between yeah. Aragorn and, and Gandalf and, and yeah, Legolas, I yeah. guess, yeah, or like yeah. hunting golf to try to find him. The original trio. <laughs> and they do they do catch him and talk to him. Right, yeah. So I, like in the in the book, they find out the same stuff that Gollum would later tell or had already told. Had already so told Sauron from torture. I don't remember I that he, that plotline is he's been tortured. Is that was a while? Yeah, ago. that plotline is very confusing for me, and in the movies too, because like Gandalf says something. So like we see Gollum being tortured by the enemy, and then Gandalf says tells Frodo he's like I tried to find Gollum but the enemies got to him first, but then somehow Gandalf knows what Gollum revealed to the enemies but he also just said that he hasn't been able to find Gollum so like how did he know what Gollum revealed it's right. it's very like convoluted and also apparently this all happens in the span of one week in the movie because no time passes right there's no 17 years the timeline is just like in crazy. the movies oh, <laughs> the we spend yeah. the it's, entirety it's little... of our coverage cover coverage of fellowship just trying to what figure is out this what, timeline yeah. what is happening it's a little it's a little loopy yeah it doesn't get any better as i think we just you just have to assume the 17 years go by no uh whatever you I'm can't though because i've heard i've heard people say oh well the reason frodo doesn't age is because he has the ring he isn't using the ring he isn't wearing the ring he isn't holding the ring in any capacity if just being near the ring was enough to stop him from aging. He wouldn't have been aging the entire time that he was living with Bilbo when Bilbo yeah. had the ring. And the other thing is that we see Sam and Merry and Pippin before uh, Bilbo leaves at the party. And we right. see what they look like, look like. And then when Gandalf comes back and tells Frodo to leave, they all three have also not aged. And they don't have the ring. So there's no way that 17 years has passed, but they haven't aged because the ring was nearby. It's one week. It's it's been <laughs> one week. <laughs> well, so even so, if we there's there's context. I'm so sorry. This is like your longest episode ever, probably because I'm ranting about things that have already happened <laughs> and that you have already covered. Right. The, the the context at the end of this movie, uh, Frodo tells us how long it's been doing his whole thing round trip back to the Shire. Right. Um, so if we assume that half that time is roughly how long it takes to get from the Shire to Mordor slash Gondor, then it was at least a year between Gandalf leaving and returning to Frodo the first time. Okay, I'll accept that, but it definitely was not 17 years. Right, right. It had to have been For at sure. least a year. Because I think, like, the all of the urgency 
um, gets taken out if it's like, oh yeah, 17 years 17 later. Years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I know like we've kind of talked a little bit about it uh, over the course of the week, but we uh we like to ask our guests like their ba- their background with Lord of the Rings. Oh boy. Well. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah, so 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 my background with Lord of the Rings is that it basically doesn't exist. I had only I'd never seen or read any bit of Lord of the Rings or the Hobbits until um uh one point in college I had to watch Fellowship of the Ring for a film class. I watched it. I did not like it. And then several years later I tweeted a joke about, hey, someone uh what if I had a podcast um called That's uh, about Lord of the Rings where I experience it and read it for the first time, despite the fact that I've already seen the movie and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And it's called That's What I'm Talking About. And uh my not really even friends at the time, just like random acquaintances, uh, Tyler, Carlin, and Ethan Edgehill, who are host of Bacon and Eggs and Movie Lovers podcast, they saw that and Ethan replied and was like, we're going to make this happen. And at the time, they had also been trying to figure out how to like create a podcast network of some kind and add mm-hmm. more shows. So we kind of started working on that. And then the podcast started. I read the books chapter by chapter. I had lots of different fans on. I had Cassandra and Norman on mm-hmm. um, and discussed the the books very in depth. And then now I'm I'm watching the movies and it's a very it's a very fun time. It's been a very interesting journey, to say the least. Did you um, well, did you like Fellowship this time around? <laughs> Yeah, no, I like I definitely liked it a lot better. Um mm-hmm. because I like I think I liked it a whole lot better knowing what was to come. The the main thing is that I watched because I knew nothing about Lord of the Rings when I started Fellowship of the Ring and they were talking about they're talking about taking this evil ring and destroying it and taking it to Mount Doom. I thought that was like the point of the movie of, of Fellowship of the Ring. I thought they were going to destroy the ring in the first movie. And so it oh. gets to like the end when the orcs are attacking and Frodo is planning to run away. And there's like five minutes left. And I'm like, they're nowhere near Mount Doom. What <laughs> is going on? So I was just kind of like... This is so slow paced, but at the same time, a lot of things had happened. So it was like very confusing. I remember. But what's what's funny, though, is that like, so I watched this movie in full. Definitely. A hundred percent. I watched it. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, two weeks ago when I went to watch it for the first time since then and after reading the books, I watched it and it could have very well been the first time I'd ever seen it because I remembered <laughs> nothing. I truly remembered nothing from from that first viewing. That's so, so interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely um I'm like having it, it's like a weird contemplation I'm having with myself where I'm like I don't know if I would say I love the movies. I don't know if I would say these movies are great because it's really hard to watch movies that were made in the early 2000s in the year 2020 because mm. there are a lot of there are a lot of as we <laughs> heard from me earlier this week about the slow motion and the hobbits jumping and the the yeah. laughing <laughs> um there are a lot of like bad editing choices and bad special effects that just don't hold up in 2020 Despite the fact that, like, they were revolutionary at the time. I also, and... like, because, like, Peter Jackson, that's just kind of his thing. Like, he leans into the cheese um, more oh. often than not. So, like, that's just his brand. Um, okay, so... maybe that's it then. Yeah. So you either like it There's or you're a lot like, of... wow, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, so there are, it's, it's very give and take. And it's also hard because, like, for me, because there are a lot of moments where, as you heard this episode (laughs) there are a lot of moments where I'm like why would you change that from the book it was already good to begin with you know Mm -hmm. like you didn't need to do that so there are a lot of moments like that but there are also a lot of moments where I'm like oh my god the movie did this so much better in the book this is a 30 page exposition where Gandalf and Frodo sit by a fire and talk about the history of the ring and Mm -hmm. it's terrible and instead (laughs) they just did that in 
like the span of five minutes, which mm-hmm. even still, that's really dense. But yeah, so so it's it's hard for me to say uh, like whether or not I'm like, oh, I love the movies, but I'm definitely like enjoying the whole experience of of watching them and getting to to talk about them. So that's good. Yeah. Well, if um, if any of our listeners are interested in going back and listening to to Mary Clay's adventure through oh. like her own little adventure through <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, I'm going to suggest start around episode four. Uh, 13 or 14 because the first couple episodes I say couple the first 13 episodes I had my microphone facing the wrong way so the audio quality is terrible um <laughs> but after that it gets a little bit better so we all gotta start somewhere right <laughs> yeah 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 so and you can hear me rant about how much I hate Boromir and how much I love Faramir all that stuff um, I don't even know if I said the podcast is called That's What I'm Talking About. You can find it wherever you get podcasts, new episodes every Tuesday. And then um, this past week, I released the first episode for a movie discussion. So you can start with the movie discussions. You can go back and listen to chapter discussions, whatever you whatever your hearts desire. Yeah, no, it was fun guesting on you uh, on your show a couple of times. Yeah. Um, it was so great having you guys on because oh, you. you're very you know we've been obviously we've been talking for th- like three and a half hours now right? <laughs> yeah. and Norman I think you were in the bathroom maybe I was telling Cassandra I was like this does not feel at all like we've been talking that long so no, it just it's moves. always yeah oh my gosh especially when you're screaming about crowns and <laughs> and and Frodo forgetting Legolas's name <laughs> and <Fine>. Legolas <laughs> standing there awkwardly. It's always a fun time. I'm really glad we had the opportunity to have you on our show before yeah. we like disappeared into the West. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but we... I know when we were when we were on your show when you were talking about <sighs> two towers, and like we we knew that Shelob wasn't gonna ha- doesn't uh-huh. happen in the Two Towers movie. Oh man, it's just like oh man. <laughs> and I also I love the scouring of the Shire, and I can't imagine your you how you oh. felt when it wasn't there. Because that's I... the thing that I the most am like they should have found a way to do this. <laughs> because it's so it goes against so much of what Tolkien's themes were about in the books, where mm-hmm. he was like, "You don't ju- how okay, Lord of the Rings is not an allegory for the war, except it sort of is." <laughs> totally um, is. <laughs> um, and how like the like your experiences with war don't just disappear when you come home and you don't come home and it's all fine and dandy and everything is back to normal. And there are things, you know, the, the things that happened, the other thing is that like you realize, Oh, the things that happened in Mordor with the ring had an effect on the entire land, like even the Shire. And that's when you realize the full extent of how terrible everything that happened was. And, and that they have to like work hard to rebuild it and make it better. And Frodo defunds the police (laughs) (laughs) and they, you know, they don't go back to their normal lives. They're changed except that's exactly what happens in the movies. They come back and nothing has changed. Yeah. And they go exactly ba- like pretty much go back to their normal lives immediately except for like the one change is that suddenly Sam has the courage to talk to Rosie because he made <laughs> that that dying plea um or he's like I'm going to marry her if we live through this. And now he's like, oh, crap, I have to I have to, I have to marry her. I mean, right? Follow through on my dying wish. Oh, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, just, and... I love the idea of Frodo being like, hey, Sam, so you remember when we were dying? It's like, yes, yes, I know, I know. <laughs> now you have yeah. to talk to her. Shut up. And like, it is, it is a very cute moment. And I actually really like that moment of like, they all kind of. They realize what's happening and say, like Sam looks at her and Frodo, Mary and Pippin are looking at Sam like, what's she going to do, bud? And then you see him take that sip of beer and he stands up and they're all, you know, like, it's a good time. It's a great character moment, but it's 
the complete opposite of what Tolkien's original intentions were with the book, where Mm -hmm. you have to come home and work to make things better when they've fallen apart. And But again, again, I get why they did it, because at that point, you were on, like, ending number seven (laughs) of the movie, and you're like, can we please? We destroyed the ring 40 minutes ago. And you were also like this in the book. When you're reading the books, you're like, can we please end this? We destroyed the ring 100 pages ago. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to balance that of like yeah. we need to wrap things up but but there's also this entire side plot of like the hobbit revolution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so like one of the things I think is really interesting about the scouring the shire. We will talk about it at when it happens. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it, you're going to have to wait. It's something it's something to me that I think is interesting in relation to the treatment of Gollum versus the treatment of Saruman. Okay. Hold that thought it is. I, I know we're trying to. I know you're desperately trying to end this. But so when you just watch, when you watch the theatrical edition of Return of the King, Saruman's plotline ends. Yes. Yeah. They show up in Isengard and they talk to Treebeard, and Treebeard's like, "Oh yeah, he's locked in his tower," and that's how it ends because mm-hmm. you never see him again. And it's so weird because you get back in the scouring of the Shire and you find out that he's taken over and then Wormtongue, spoiler alert, slits Saruman's throat and mm-hmm. kills him. Excuse me? And they just like in the movies, they're like, what? I don't. It's it's that gif. The oh, I don't. Suddenly I can't read. <laughs> like. I am okay. Very now I'm done. Now I'm, I'm done. Ex- read your read your credits and let's end this. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm excited for when you finally watch the extended editions. Um, yes. Me too. Me too. But we we are from the website duelinggenre.com. You can check us out there with all of the other dueling genre podcasts. And for all of your movies by minutes related needs, you can go to moviesbyminutes.com, where there are over 150 other. Movies by Minute podcasts. So if you're chosen for another movie, it's probably out there. Right, if you need something else to listen to with with over a hundred episodes, go. Yeah, at be least. free. Yeah. <laughs> thank you again very much for joining us, Mary Clay. You're awesome. Oh, thank <laughs> you for having me. This was this was really fun, and I'm so excited that we finally got it to yeah. got it to work out. Yeah. Um, I hope everyone has a good Friday, and we'll be back on Monday. Uh, with the rest of this coronation scene. And I'm definitely going to cry next week. Yes. Yeah. I would be surprised if you didn't. But anyway, bye. Bye.